Here we go. It's Law and Gospel on this December the 15th in the year of our Lord 2023. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and our email address is tombaker at brick.net. I'm available for preaching during this Christmas season and even thereafter. So if you have a vacancy and are looking for someone in the uh, Missouri district or Illinois district, give me a ring. Only too happy to help out. Tom Baker at brick.net. Well, have you ever heard of nomophobia? I know it sounds like homophobia, and that is an attack of non-Christians against Christians thinking that we hate people who are of a homosexual variety. If we hated them, we wouldn't be telling them about Jesus Christ in order to save them. We love them, and we want them to repent of their sin as John the baptizer said, so they can hear the wonderful gospel message of Jesus Christ. But what's this nomophobia? I received an email from Robin Schumacher, and the title was, He Died With His Phone On His Chest. Well, that got me a little curious. He began by talking about that there are two women in my neighborhood that I pass multiple times a week while they're walking, and he's taking his dog for a stroll. I've never been able to catch their attention to say hi, because each is walking with their heads down and scrolling through their phone. It's been that way for three solid years. No exceptions. You know, there are around 6.7 billion smartphone users, while the 2023 world population is 8 billion. This creates entities that one set of researchers describe as 50% human and 50% technology. Research published by Virgin Mobile says today we get 400% more messages and notifications than we did 10 years ago, especially with our social media obsession and its impact on our lives that can reach a fever pitch. While the American Psychiatric Association does not officially recognize the condition, there's a behavioral addiction term used to describe what many experience 
with their phone media cocktail. It's homo, I'm sorry, nomophobia. Nomo, the fear of not having a mobile device. The word phobia is fear. Nomo, N-O-M-O, refers to no mobile. While it's tempting kind of to smile at such a thing, a study published at the National Center for Biotechnology Information found that adolescents with potentially risky smartphone use showed a higher likelihood of suicide. And those with high-risk smartphone use showed a significant risk of suicide and attempts compared in the adolescents who were just general users. Boy, that does say something about this nomophobia. Now, why is that? Because the more you are on your phone, you get the constant connectedness of our digital world, which promises a better life, but the exact opposite is happening. People report being worse off after spending time on social media, along with being more isolated and lonelier. An article in Fortune magazine reports that a third of Americans say they feel lonelier than ever before. In fact, in Generation Z, it's 38%. And among the millennials, it's 37%. They feel the loneliest compared to Generation X and boomers at only 19%. Now, why is that? Well, social comparison and a tendency to fix on on what other people think of us is the reason. We are all prone to comparing ourselves to others, but social media can heighten this tendency. Michael Torres, a clinical psychologist at the Kaiser Permanent Mental Health and Wellness Center, he says, when you add the stress of this phone nomophobia with the nastiness and cutting opinions so prevalent online, you get the effect of Hurricane Katrina making windfall inside a person's soul. In fact, we as pastors kind of notice that loneliness among people. If we ask them, well, what's wrong with what's going on in your life? It will often come down with not having someone to talk to.
and feeling lonely. And when they're on the social media, they are being criticized. You see, when people use the social media, their true selves often come out. They will not look at someone and say they are a ridiculous person face to face. But over the media, they'll take a look at what people are writing and then make a decision. And many of their decisions are negative towards the people. Now, there's no doubt that Scripture can help you with navigating the ins and outs of social media. But it also has plenty to say when it comes to the real issues beneath the digital world's mess. First, when it comes to online popularity context being played out every minute by so many of us today, realize that you're not going to be trending up in likes for living a visible Christian life or relaying biblical doctrines about any touchy cultural subject. If you do, you'll quickly learn the truth spoken by Stephen, stoned by his enemies when he said, was there ever a prophet your ancestors did not persecute? And that's in Acts 7, verse 52. See, that's the problem with the nomophobia. People get so enticed by their phone calls and by how people are regarding them that they not only become lonely, but they become depressed. They become depressed because they're more concerned about how people are regarding them than how God is regarding them. You know, we are told not to be conformed to the world, Romans 12, verse 2, and the things it cares so much about. When Peter tells us not to be involved in worldly things, he calls them excesses of dissipation. This is 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. But he uses an interesting Greek term, asotias, that literally means wastefulness. Boy, I don't think there's a better word that one can use to describe the state of people glued to their phones and social media. In fact, you see movies a lot of times of a classroom, and there's a professor attempting to teach students, and a number of them are listening to their phone. He might even be unaware of it, 
because they had their phone plugged into their ears with an earphone piece. And they are so anticipating, what are people thinking of me that they're not really listening to the lesson given by the instructor? That's just one example of how young people are nomophobia. No mobile, I'm afraid of that. And therefore they stay glued to their phone. You see, the Bible tells us not to pre be preoccupied when people think of us in a negative way. We should look at the model Paul, who said, it's a very small thing to me that I may be examined by you or by any human court because the one who I want to examine me is the Lord. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. So let's stop obsessing over other people's opinions because he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he is appraised by no one. 1 Corinthians 2.16 Why are we not afraid to be appraised by God? There are those who are afraid because they think that God is looking at their works. And that's because they don't understand the distinction between the law and the Bible and the gospel. They are under the impression that God looks at our works so that we can merit our way to heaven when in reality the Christian message teaches we do not merit our way to heaven, we inherit heaven. It is a gift from God and from God alone, specifically because of the death, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus Christ. He did everything to pay for our sins and we are therefore therefore confident that our sins are forgiven as jesus said to the cross at the cross father forgive them for they know not what they are doing what does that mean because when you sin you don't realize that you are always breaking the first commandment. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And what's the God that you put before the true God? It's you yourself. And therefore, when people are excited to know what others think of them, and they're looking at social media, they're going to find many negative responses. They can be writing something in the internet 
for instance, example, a Christian can be writing about why Christianity is against abortion, the gay movement, and suicide. And they will be attacked immediately by those who do not believe the Bible. And if they take it seriously, they will think that they are not liked by anybody. But who cares? Because you are not only liked by God, you are loved by God. And that love even occurs when you don't believe. Remember the rich man? What must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus knew that his question was a wrong question. You don't do anything to inherit. But it says Jesus loved him and told him instead to follow Jesus rather than his wealth. And he went away sorrowful because he did not want to lose his wealth. The disciples were astonished when Jesus says how impossible it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Because in that day, Judaism taught that if you were rich, like the Pharisees, it is God's way of rewarding you for being a good person. And yet their goodness was not based on their morality, but on their obedience to the ceremonial laws, such as fasting, giving a tithe, etc. But they had no faith in Jesus Christ. They did not trust his promises. And that's why when they died, according to Matthew 25, they did not go to heaven. But the believers went to heaven, not because of their works, but because they believed that the power of the Holy Spirit had given them. Lastly, when the Bible tells us not to be preoccupied with what people think of us, it's very important to be appraised only by Jesus Christ. It's far better to live that way than to be controlled by your phone along with a digital media tornado and its opinions. Just ask Dave Hollis to tell you that, but he can't because he's dead. Hollis was a top Walt Disney executive. He ditched his career to be a social media self-help influencer and author. He had been following in the footsteps of his wife, Rachel Hollis. Now, she's the author of a best-selling book, Girl, Wash Your Face another self-appointed life expert guru. He 
ultimately, and we're talking about now Hollis, became a slave to the social media world. He used it to build a multi-million dollar empire, but it eventually claimed his life. How so? His death came about through his digital obsession and a lethal combination of cocaine, ethanol, and fentanyl that he had put into his system to deal with the stress of people telling how negative he was in what he wrote on the internet. Those who knew him said he was constantly consumed with his half million Instagram followers and their comments on his posts and videos. That being the case, it wasn't surprising that those who discovered his body found him. He had died with his phone on his chest. So that really says something to Christian parents. Watch carefully your children. Now, there are a lot of fun games that one can play on the phone that may not be as detrimental as the phone calls and the social media. But if your child is enamored with how people think of them, make sure you discover what people are thinking of them and correct their view with telling them how Jesus thinks of them. Jesus knew that every child is a sinner. And yet, he went to the cross for their sins. He paid the price so they would not. You cannot find a better friend than Jesus on any phone call. And so therefore, it's a task of parents to bring the child up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And parents say, well, I don't have a theological degree, but you have a copy of Luther's small catechism. And you would begin with the Ten Commandments and show how even parents break the commandments and their children, and then move to the creed where it talks about how they are saved from their sins by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then how do we get that salvation is taught by the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. That's in the prayer. So that on the last day, we will not be taken into hell, but taken into heaven. And God's answer to the Lord's prayer is baptism. 
where a child learns that in that baptism, God made them a promise that he would never lead them nor forsake them. He would be with them. And he is better than having a phone because at any time you can call upon the Lord Jesus Christ simply by prayer. Yes, Jesus is at the right hand of God, but according to the book of Ephesians, you also are at the right hand of God because you are part of the body of Christ, the Holy Christian Church. Therefore, when you pray to Jesus, your prayer is instantly given to God the Father, who does more than hear your prayer, but he answers it to your good. That's the work of the Holy Trinity. And as you grow older, you get another foretaste of heaven as you begin to receive the very body and blood of Jesus Christ in the Holy Sacrament, which is clearly taught in the Lord's Supper in Luther's small catechism. That's the task of parents. By going through the catechetical teachings, the verses attached to the commandments, the creed, the Lord's Prayer, baptism, and the Lord's Supper. So a child gets to realize this is the purpose of why I received the Holy Spirit. And they will not be clinging to their phones to find out what people think of them but they're clinging to the word of God to discover what God thinks of them as forgiven sinners who believe in the promises of Jesus Christ. That's the good news for those who have the problem of nomophobia. The Bible is our answer to every phobia we have. And the greatest phobia is our sins forgiven by Jesus Christ. Join us Monday for a continuation of law and gospel teaching. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.